Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. All right, all right, well, let's go. Let's do this. Here we are. Time we are. for another episode of Clue Done It. This is a lovely winter time for us right here in California, Jessica. The floods have stopped. We have not gotten any mudslides. But what that did is that exposed a whole new raft of clues and bodies and shows for us. Did you know that? That like a whole bunch of shows just percolated to the top after the floods came through? Like there were all these shows just littering the streets of Hollywood. And we were able to just oh. go in and just pick them up. And here we are. It's like, oh, here's a show that we can watch oh. and find some clues on. So uh, shake that yeah. off and dry it off. Oh, oh, shake that off and dry it off. No, no, no. Don't throw that in the garbage. I want that one. That was a good one. That's a good one. We can totally use that one. What are you doing? Yes. People, these are good shows. Don't, don't let them go into the gutter here we are we are here to guess on these shows don't let that go to the ocean come on come on that's cash money <laughs> it is the middle of winter though it is the middle of winter and yes. being that in most places it is gray and cold it is sunny and cold here in california by which we mean to say it gets down into the 30s at night so yes, yes. sorry we're we live in sorry, california minnesota uh, <laughs> we I apologize for our gentleness here <laughs> in California. We're just like little, we're like little gentle cold babies. We're just like, oh, no, 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 please. <laughs> Will we ever be warm again? <laughs> oh, no. It only got to 61 today. <laughs> yes. So it was a joy to watch this show, which we right. were doing today. It was, it was our nice little winter TV vacation to southern France. Provence is in southern France, right? Yes. Yes. That's yes. Exactly. So, yes, we are we are watching Murder in Provence. Yes. It's a beautiful show starring... My favorite, Roger Allum. <laughs> <laughs> you have like you have loved this man's work since what? Since how old were you when you? We talked about this in another podcast, but how old yeah. were you when you first saw him? I well, see, the thing is, I never knew that I was seeing him. Right, you just stage. knew that whoever this actor was, you enjoyed yeah. his work. Yeah, Les Mis. He was in the London premiere of Les Miserables. He played Javert, and so I have him on a recording. I have him on tape. <laughs> And so, yeah, he originated the role and then also... But you didn't see him in that. No, I didn't see him, but I had the recording and I am dedicated to that. Right. And then I also saw him in Arcadia. Mm-hmm. He did that in and how old were And how old were you when that happened? I think I was 14. 14. So you have been following this man. Well, so, well you've been following him since I Les Mis. So no. Right. Yeah, yeah. 15 and then i saw him in art a couple years later which i was blown away i did not recognize him but thought he was wonderful and i'm fairly certain now that i'm thinking about it that somebody leaned over to me in the theater and was like do you remember we saw this guy in arcadia last time we were here and i was like no i don't at all but now now (laughs) i'm like oh yes of course (laughs) now you're like pass the popcorn please yes yeah yeah because of course He's in Endeavor. He plays DCI Fred Thursday in Endeavor, and he's fantastic. Yes, which is which is how I was first introduced to him, which was in that. So, but here's my question for you on this: like, yeah. in what, where is like, what type of accent do you suppose he's? I, for me, anyways, he seems like a quintessential, like middle class 
British actor type person. Like, just British. British through and through. No matter, like, he, he sure, he's British trained, so he can do your Welsh accent, he can do your Scottish, but just, like, British. British. And they have him in this one playing a French detective named yeah. Antoine. Yes. <laughs> it, I love this. Well, everybody in this, okay, this is a crazy conversation piece and it can go deep and I am not, again, like educated or intelligent enough to discuss accents and like language, but this was actually the biggest complaint. When this show premiered, everybody in England was like, yes, I love it. But everybody was like, I don't get it. These are all British actors playing French people, and there yes. isn't even a touch of French in the show. And there's even a comment, I'm not sure if it was in the episode that we watched, the pilot, but where somebody says, oh, their French is excellent, or, or, or they're so <laughs> French, or something like that. And yet you're like, all of these people are British actors. And I will add a touch of further confusion like right off the bat, Jacob. I was going to hold on to this one, but it's <laughs> coming me. out right now. <laughs> So the woman who plays Deputy Commissioner Elaine Pawlik, Elena Pawlik. Mm -hmm. Who's um, like, who's like Detective Thursdays. I'm going to call him Detective Thursday throughout this. His name is really Antoine. But Roger yeah. Allen's like essentially compatriot, like deputy yes. essentially. Yeah, deputy. Yeah, deputy commissioner. The actress's name is Kayala Settle. Mm -hmm. And she is American. But okay. she speaks in a British accent in this show. And she speaks normally in her cadence, like her life, she speaks in a British accent. What? Yeah, she is Hawaiian. Her... Okay, so I'm glad you said that because I was like, am I, am I imagining no, she, things that sorry. she looks a little Pacific She's, Islander? She is born in Hawaii, but her mother is New Zealander, okay. uh, a Maori descent, and her father is British. So okay. I, somehow in there, she got a British accent. She and, got the well from her father, clearly. Yeah, and she. So how this came about? Because we were actually watching the show, and noticing that everybody has a British accent, and we were like, "Are they all British, this, or are they and this actually is, French speaking English?" Right, in like British it, accents. Like it wouldn't matter. Like in like in, like you brought up like in Les Mis, Les Misérables, blah. Whatever, however you pronounce that correctly. Like, the whole point is that, like, you, th these are all French people in that show, but they're yeah. all speaking in English. And you're like, okay, I guess, I guess we're just, we're just supposed to imagine that they're actually speaking to each other in French, even though we're hearing it in English. Exactly. But, but that's like the magic of stage. Like, when things are as, when things are as crisp as, like, in HD right on your TV and they're walking around actual locations in France and you have all of the, like, all of the set pieces and all the signs and everything else is in French. And there's a person named Antoine, but he's speaking in English. It, it's the, it is. It's this weird disconnect. You're like, wait a minute. Are these are, – are all of these people English and they're just speaking English to each other or are they – it – I had a I had a hard time with it. I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, I mean, when Patricia Hodge, who it plays Nancy Carroll's mother, yes. Professor Marine Bonnet, she's a professor of criminal psychology. I didn't realize this, and she is the partner of Antoine Verlac. Yeah, and 
her mother, played by Patricia Hodge, who we know from watching her play Miranda. the mother of Miranda. In the Such fun. Called Miranda. Yes. And they keep calling her Florence. Well, Florence <laughs> will do this. Well, Florence will say that. And Florence is such a bitch. They never say bitch. But, you know, and <laughs> you're just like, wait, what? Her name is Florence? <laughs> okay. And then they're bringing in suspects named Thierry. <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's talking and, in like a British working class accent? Like it's yeah. just, yeah. And then there's an, an Italian in that first episode in that pilot. Yes. And, and he is speaking with a little bit of an Italian accent, but still 100% in English. <laughs> yeah, we, I realize we, got, we, got, we have gotten very off track on Roger and accents here. We haven't explained to people what this show even is. Yes. Do you, yes. Ha, do you have a, so what is, what is the logline for Murder in Provence? Okay. So the logline is Antoine Verlac, investigating judge in Aix-en-Provence with his romantic partner, Marine Bonnet or Bonnet, investigates the murders, mysteries, and dark underbelly of their idyllic home in the south of France. Once again, here we go to the south. I'm sorry. I just, you know, maybe a lot of people feel this way, but I genuinely feel, I like, someone in the south of France, give us a call. Put us up. We belong there. It'll oh. be fine. Just you've got an extra estate lounging around. Let us know. We'll, well, I thought since this premiered February 2022. Oh, I wow. Thought, just last year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And they were filming it in during COVID, ba- COVID basically. Yeah. I, I read some articles because I was like, where is this filmed? Because IMDb was did not have that information, like where the locations were. And so I saw a couple of headlines that were really 100% the way they were talking about it. They were like, oh, yeah, it was filmed in, Fran- in France. And they, were, and they had all these quotes like, oh, we wanted it to be in France. And it was so hard, but we, it, 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 wasn't, it was in France. And then I read this article that was like, yeah, it was made to look like France because they weren't sure they were even going to be able to get there. And I realized that this one article was as, I'm sorry to say it, but they filmed almost entirely in England. What? And they filmed yes. this almost entirely in England? Yes. They had three weeks in France. It was the skin of their teeth that they got any time in France. And so all this, this was like the last thing I learned when I was doing the research. Oh my God. So, yeah. For, for all this time when we were preparing for this, I thought, oh my gosh, of course they all took this job because they were like, get me out of town. Get me out of England. I would love to go to you know, the south of France and work a show, you know, and film it there. And like I said, there were all these articles that seemed to suggest that they were in France and they were for three weeks, but that was (sighs) like, that was probably like less than 85% of the filming. No, no, I don't want to go to England right now. It's cold and gray. We we're from (laughs) California. We want it. We were the south of France. Oh, Uh. They I can do I, some are you ki- in South of France. I I just said it looked so French. It God does. bless it. <laughs> they did make it look very much like like France. They did a good job. Set dressing and location management. Mm. Wow. Okay, that's just <laughs> mm. I my mind is blown. My, my I'm I'm literally going to have to watch this next episode in a completely different mindset. I am yeah. so 
I am I am shocked and appalled at myself right now. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yes. So so not so not really in France. And uh, what? Next, you're gonna tell me he's not actually a detective too, right? He's just apparently some actor. Well, <laughs> yes, you're gonna have some information on that because he is the investigating judge, and the pilot yes. does such a good job of explaining. After at a certain point, the whole audience is like, "What the f? What? Yeah, he's because a judge. They, he's a I don't judge, understand. but." He's a judge, but he's acting like a detective. So everyone's like, so yes, they're like, why is everyone referring to him as a judge? And they do this great little, it's a bedroom scene. The bedroom scenes in this show between Roger yes. and what's the name of the actress who plays his love interest? Nancy Carroll. So the bedroom oh, scenes between way, Roger and me, such it, shade, such shade oh, that goes on so in these scenes. so much fun. They are so much fun together. And it is a joy to watch. And I, you cannot appreciate this because you have not watched father brown but you're right she, i haven't <laughs> father she, brown <laughs> she is in the latest father brown series and she plays lady felicia montague who <laughs> is, that is su- i'm sorry that is such a great english mystery name i say that oh, again lady felicia montague <laughs> yes okay. oh my god i want to introduce you as that to the like the next party we go into oh, well, like... and side note she will be in the newest magic mike movie <laughs> oh my god yes and she... She, she who plays throughout this whole throughout the whole first episode of this series she is suffering from a wicked case of menopause and she's like they have yes. her like misted up and like fanning herself and sweaty this Throughout the whole show. So, yes, I'm sorry. I'm yes. thinking menopause and magic Mike. So, sure, of course. Are you going to talk about the first scene when well, we this meet is what them I... in the pilot? It's so great. The writing. It's so fantastic. Please go on. Well, no. The first the first time, like, they're getting ready for – it's not the first time we meet them because we meet them and they're packing for a weekend trip and they're, like, slagging off on Americans and everything like that. But then later on when they're in bed and they're going to – they're, like – turning in for the night at the end of the evening and he's about to turn off the lights and he's like should i should i tell you good night like the americans do love you good night and they're both like ha 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 those stupid americans and then they turn off the light and go to bed it's like wait a minute do like how do other people like say good night to each other do they not say good night to each other do like do the french just crawl into bed and like good like what what like what they do they even like, say good night they don't even say good night they're just like turn off the light you're going to bed or maybe for that matter they're just like they're too busy kissing each other and turn out the lights i don't know but like somehow yeah. the idea of like being tender with the person you love that you're getting into bed with somehow that's american i yeah. don't understand is, that so. is that so brady bunch that is that what that is like <laughs> how do people go to bed in other cultures yes so this is the third time I'm going to try and explain this. So let's okay. see if we, let's see if we can do it this time or if we get distracted again. But one of the in one of the scenes where they're going to bed, there she's a professor and she's talking about how she's trying to explain how the French judicial system works to all of her students. And she's just like, no matter how hard I try to explain to them that bup, 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 and she gives this long detailed explanation about the differences between English and French judiciary, which is or legal process, which is essentially that even though he's called a judge, what he really is is a detective. He is he judges the case before sending it off to the proper authorities. So there you go. So that so who else? So we've we've got so we've got Roger Allen as Antoine, who is our detective slash judge. We have what's her name as his love interest? Marine Bonnet, played Mar- by Nancy Carroll. So she's a love interest. She's also she got a job for the in the first episode. She got a job as she is now an official, like an official psychologist slash consultant for the 
police department. So she will be working alongside him in this next episode. Then we have her mother, who, again, tell me those characters and actresses' uh, names. The character's name is Florence Bonet, and she is also a professor, played by Patricia Hodge. Great. And then who is his deputy? Is played by Kayla Settle who is named, the character's name is Elena Paulik. Excellent. DC, and the, yeah, Elena Yeah. Go ahead. No, that's fine. And so this show kind of follows the Agatha Christie model of, Agatha Christie or Endeavor Morse model of things where they, they're going to, they are going to show you all the suspects, they're going to give you a little background, and then they're going to go into the crime. So you do, you should meet everybody who's involved and who the suspects are and who the criminal was in the beginning of this. All right. Well, do we have a bingo card for this? This was, I mean, again, because it's kind of a new show. IMDb Mm -hmm. was very basic. They just called it crime and mystery. I can see I that it's not really action. It's not really comedy kind of either. Cozy though, and it's actually, very, that's yes. not one of their. Preferred well, it's one of terms, ours. It would be on our bingo card. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a cozy kind of, like I said, Agatha Christie kind of vibe. Like yeah. here's the here's the here is the parlor. Here are the people, and at the end, yeah. you're gonna know who's did, who did it. Yeah, and we're watching on BritBox. So tell me again, what is the logline of the episode we're gonna watch? So this is season one, episode two. Marine helps Antoine and Elena investigate the death of an aristocrat found dead at his crumbling chateau. But just when the team thinks they've got their suspects nailed, another body is found. This, <gasps> yeah. And this aired in March. This in March of 2022. Yeah. Love it. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to go see some uh, aristocracy get killed off and we'll be right back with some guesses. Sounds good. I don't trust you, Jessica. You're laughing a little too hard coming out of this. What do you know that I don't know? What's this laughter all about? Well, I just, I accidentally realized something. You, how do you accidentally realize? <laughs> okay. I what did you lo- accidentally realize? I was looking up a joke. Okay. So we are back. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. We are back because we have watched until there was a body. Right, which is barely three minutes in. And that includes the intro and the title sequence. They did the title sequence first. We saw a few things that we'll get into. And then we saw a dead body. And we are only three minutes in. It's We have so little to go on. There's going to be some prime French guesses here. I've already got the cheese guy all ramped up and ready to go. So please, go oh, on. The cheese guy. What? I don't know. There's got to be some. There's It's it's French. It's France. There's got to be a fromagier around here somewhere. I'm Right now, I'm guessing the cheese man. Oh, okay, okay, sure. But you were looking up a joke. What was the joke you were looking well, up? Well, the thing is, is that I was looking up Chloe Thomas, who directed this episode and mm-hmm. the first episode, the pilot for Murder okay. in Provence. And she, she has a Twitter and she posts a lot of reposts, retweets a bunch of stuff that's comments from fans and, and some other pictures that are relevant to the episode and the actors saying, ah, oh, this just premiered, I'm in it, Have, you know, and she's like, mm-hmm. it was so fun working mm-hmm. with you, that kind of stuff. But there was this one fan. Jessica, may I say, it was so much fun working with you on this. This is just, oh. <laughs> this is just amazing. This is just so great, so. Same. I feel exactly the same. Heart, heart, heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So there's this one fan post that says, you cannot, oh, this is all caps. Of course. You, you cannot have. Red Thursday, Tony Down, Lady F, and Hercule Flambeau in one series and expect me to take it seriously. 
<laughs> Who was Hercule Flambeau? So Hercule Flambeau was a character originally a nemesis and then a originally a nemesis and then an ally of Father Down. Fa- no, Father. What is he called? I don't know. I've already forgot. Dowling. Father Brown. Father Brown. Oh, uh, this is like, all of these Father mysteries. I don't. I don't follow the Father mysteries. Yeah. Okay. So, but Father Brown, that's the one that uh, yes. Lady Felicia's in, or that. Uh, right. Yes. The Marie. Lady Felicia Montague. Yeah, and Nancy <laughs> Carroll is in. So, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Felicia Montague. Yeah. So Hercule Flambeau and Lady F are in Father Brown, and then Fred Thursday, obviously Endeavor, mm-hmm. and then Tony Don is also in Endeavor, and then that character is also in Morse, apparently. So um, this is just an all-star cast. Is what I'm hearing. Well, see, the or, thing the, or is, they're all British all star cast. The one of the characters that we see in the very opening, the suspect, yes. basically, because he's not a regular on this show, he is a mm-hmm. guest, is the. I was like, oh, he's familiar when I was looking it up or, you know, going through the cast mm-hmm. list preparing for this. He plays Anderson in Sherlock. He's the guy who believes that Sherlock is not dead. Oh, and that okay. he's going to come back. And everyone's like, can you please stop killing us? He is, or, you know, like the pain. We don't, can mm-hmm. you make us stop, re- stop making us relive this and prove it to you. He is dead. And and he's like, no, no. And, you know, he's right. sort of a rat faced. Anyway, sorry, actor. But, you know. <laughs> he knows, you know his, his, type. Type. He knows <laughs> his type. He's playing the biggest suspect of this show right now. He's like, thank God for this face. This face is getting me villain work all up and down in England. <laughs> yes. So I went to go. I was like, oh, I wonder if his character is mentioned in that Twitter post that I saw and that I had screenshot that Chloe Thomas had made because I didn't recognize all the people in it because I have all of this, by the way, explains why you have why you have won more of like why you have gotten more points well, than I have. I'm this whole thing. going to share one with you right now. Okay, <laughs> please because, do. Because what happened was I went back to look at the Twitter post and I was like, Fred Thursday, Tony Don, Lady F, I know who that is. Hercule Flambeau, I don't know who that is. And I was like, is that another character that this this actor who played Anderson in Sherlock, is that who, the actor's name, by the way, is mm-hmm. Jonathan Aris, A-R-I-S. And so I went to go, is that somebody else that he plays? No. And here's the other thing. I wrote down in my notes as we were watching this, he's at the ATM. and He's at the ATM, the ATM in English, by the way. So I am just like. In English. In English. Yes. So by the way, this fellow really just, uh, I do want to go to the south of France. Just not England as the south of France. I'd rather just go to the south of France. Anyways, please go on. So he walks up to the ATM and then he calls a friend and the friend says to him on the phone and it's barely noticeable. And so I wrote it down, but I was like not really sure that that was his name. And obviously that's not, it wasn't Hercule or Tony, but I I couldn't hear it for sure. But I wrote down that he said, ATN, like, how are you? Or something, you know, are mm-hmm. you okay? And he says, I'm fine. I'm fine. As he's looking at the ATM and it says right, zero euros. Mm-hmm. Right? Zero balance, yes. Zero balance. And he's like, I'm fine, I'm fine, as he walks away. Well, I go to the Murder in Provence IMDb episode page, and Jonathan Eris, his character's name is Lucian. 
And the guy that we see dead right before we stop the show, his character's name is Etienne. They both have the same last name, Etienne Bremont and Lucien de Bremont. So what is Lucien on the ATM seeing a zero? Why is he on the the phone with somebody who clearly thinks he is Etienne and then Etienne is dead? You know, he's Mm. the first dead body. Etienne is the one who's dead, yeah. So I accidentally discovered a clue that Lucien is carrying Etienne's phone. And and whoever was on the other end of the line thought that he was talking to to Etienne. Etienne. So you know because they apparently have phones. Right. Know. They are pair. They are brothers. So 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 now that we know that Jessica is cheating, uh, and we can absolutely cheating. just get rid of any results from this episode <laughs> whatsoever. No, no. Maybe we should explain what's going on. So they open with the title sequence. Lots of moldy fruit and things decaying and dying because, you know, murder, mystery, things decaying and dying all the time. Well, it also see- might, you know, describe age and, <laughs> you know, how we, we are all – because it's cheese and fruit. And, you know, fruit, when it, you know, gets older, it can become like a, a prune or a raisin, which can make it actually sweeter. Yeah, but this, this fruit, this, this is cheese. not like pruning or raisin. This is age. Yes, but this is, this is molding. This is not – like the, you, okay. they, do, they do computer – graphics of mold growing on this stuff they didn't even time lapse it they just put those computer graphics on it but it's also beautiful and it looks like a painting in it's provence which Prov- this area provence acts in provence is known for it's known for their painters visiting and they have amazing museums Cezanne is from acts in provence this area of england that they're putting in there as acts in provence <laughs> is known for its fish and chips <laughs> it is they actually filmed in Oxfordshire. So, <laughs> in Deedcott is, or I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it's like an hour south of Oxford, okay. Oxfordshire. There you go. Thank you yes. very much. Known for um, fish and chips. <laughs> in any event, it starts with, so after the title sequence, we see this random guy walking into this abandoned French manor. Like the, the fountain at the front of it is dry, the house is shuttered and like multiple doors are closed and he opens them up and then you see a man on the street going to an atm the atm with his instructions in english and you see as zero euros in his account but there's he gets a phone call when he's on this and he's talking on the other end of the line that cuts between there is a black man on the other end of the line talking to him who thinks apparently he thinks he's talking to atm even though he's actually talking to lucian who who's like hey are you on your way are you coming and the guy on the the guy on the phone, whatever his name is, says, "Yes, I'm coming. I'm on my way." Even though he's very shaken by the fact that there's zero money in his bank account, you go back to the house where the the dark house where the guy is like opening up windows and opens up this window on like the third floor with this little Juliet balcony overlooking the drive up with its cobblestones and and he's looking through a thing of paper like a box of old paperwork lots of boxes and storage in this room um he's looking through a box i did not pause it to see if the papers were in english i hope the props person made the papers in french but who knows anyways he finds a photo of three young children and i think they were two boys and then i think another like a person of color in there as well and I, one of them may have been a, a girl was one of them a girl or were they all boys Oh, I can't remember. I can't I think remember. There was a. I thought there was a girl in the picture. I thought there was a girl in the picture too, but there was three of them, 
And they were very young children. So I'm imagining that they're like, this is all about like the three young children and how they've come to where they are now. Anyways, he goes to the window and looks at the photo in the sunlight. And here's a thump from behind him. And he goes back in and he says, Jean-Claude, is that you? So clearly he's expecting someone named Jean-Claude. He says Jean-Claude? Oh, yes. okay. I he says Jean-Claude, is that you? Then he goes back to the window to take a look at it. And then he definitely hears something. And he turns around and he says, what the hell are you doing here? And then you cut to the outside of the co- the outside cobblestones, very blue. You pan up his, you pan up a body, and at the end, it's him. And his face is bloody, and there's blood coming out the back of his head. That's interesting because it looks like, I mean, he either took a header and what landed like nose first onto the ground, but then why the back of his head is like smashed in, I don't know. So my point is, I think there was some kind of fight. It looks like he got like beat up a oh. little bit before he was pushed. Maybe backwards out the window because he's lying on oh, his back. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And his shoes are, they fell off. The shoes fell the off. Driveway. And it's also interesting, like, they're going to say that he fell from it, but, like, his distance from the house, Yeah. It he didn't just, like, fall from the thing. Like, he would have been right up next to the house. He's yeah. a ways out from the house. Hmm. So something weird is going on, but that's all we've got. That yeah. is all we've got because we've got a body and we've got the title sequence, people, so... Ready or not, here we come. And honestly, we're not ready. I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, so this other character that was on the you've phone, got you've got like your cheater knowledge now. I'm just at my IMDb knowledge that that <laughs> character's name is Lucas, played de, by Demola. Ed- Wait a minute, I thought you said the dead guy. I thought you said the dead guy was called Etienne. No, the dead guy's name is Etienne. Okay. And then, but then there's the guy who was on the phone. So the the, the two suspects, the only okay. two suspects that we've seen, are Lucien, who was at the ATM, mm-hmm. or Lucien. I don't know how they would pronounce this. Sure. In France or English. We get a pass. We get a pass on any okay. kind of pronunciations because any pronunciations are filtered through an English accent. So we don't know how these are actually <laughs> pronounced. It's true. It's true. But the the guy that Lucien, who, the guy who's on the phone with Lucien, who. Thinks mm-hmm. that he's talking to Etienne. Right. The and it's guy like, are you on the phone? I, and it looked like he was like in a spa or something, right? Or I know. I honestly don't remember. I didn't write down anything about that. The guy he's on the phone with is Lucas or Lucas. We don't know. Played by the actor Demola Adelaja. If I'm good effort. That correctly, I'm not sure. <laughs> Who knows? But Again, we get a pass. We get to see more of you, I'm sure. So looking forward to it. Yeah, you're not dead yet. So at some point, you'll be questioned. Yes. So, you know, honestly, my cheesemaker is looking better and better by the minute. Yeah. Well, it is because there are so many other characters and I am not even. Well, one other is the guy, the actor who plays Tony Don. It's going to be very exciting with the French names. <laughs> so this show was is is adapted from novels, Black novels and the Bonnet novels or Bonnet novels mm-hmm. um, by M.L. Longworth, who is a Canadian who moved Wait a minute, to... So we've got someone in the south of France, written by a Canadian, interpreted by English people, and filmed in England. Good. Mm. <laughs> this, the Canadian, though... There's a whole long story. I can tell it if you, if you want. She, the, the M.L. Longworth, Mary Lou Longworth, moved to France in south of France. And then they, oh, they were, thank she and goodness. her husband and her daughter, they were living there for a while. And then her daughter started going to school and it was hard for her to find a job. So she started to write. 
And she actually teaches writing, too, at NYU Paris. Oh, my God. that That's an arc. Mary Lou, good for you. Yeah. Wow. That's an, like, I'm going to go from Canada, which we've already talked about how, like, we, we would not be able to handle the cold, to the south of France mm-hmm. to become a novelist and then teach at NYU Paris. Like, just well done. Yes. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. She she really did. She nailed it. And you know, <laughs> She oh, nailed that. it. Yes, no, she did. No, she nailed living, honestly. Because <laughs> she she won. We just pack it up, go home. She wanted living. <laughs> she did. You know what? Just for that, just for newspapers. that, I say, just for that, I say that we haven't met the suspect who did it. It was a Canadian novelist living in the <laughs> south of France who wanted to buy this estate and the the person wouldn't let them, so she killed this the the person killed the man who owned the estate so that they could buy it at auction. There you go, final answer, lock it in. <laughs> Her the cheesemonger. <laughs> well, maybe I'll take the cheesemonger. <laughs> you gotta take something. What have you got? Let's yeah. bring it home, Herd. There's a so it's not sheep. In Provence, it's not goats. Will they have cows? No. Yeah, no goats. Okay. So there are goats out in the fields of Provence Mm. and feeding them the right type of organic green grass Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. is been costing everyone in the family a lot, a lot of money. And so they... So somebody has been left in charge of it because typical thing when you inherit money, like it's a typical thing that like the third generation or the fourth generation just blows all the cash and, and yeah, the business. they don't understand they how the, to tend to it. Yeah. Yeah. They don't know how to run a business. They don't and they don't. And so they just blow it all. Um, and so that's what that's what has happened. They've mismanaged the goats and the cheese making and all the money has gone away and um and so now they're going to have to sell all the wheels. And I think that that's what happened. Is all the wheels got of sma- cheese. Yeah. And I think his face got smashed in by a wheel of cheese, but it had like really <laughs> oh. hard wax. And so <laughs> nobody you is going to notice this because it didn't like roll off on his It just rolled off his face. You know, it like hit really hard and then it just rolled off his face. And no one's gonna think too hard about this when they see cheese out in right. The there's rocks. cheese everywhere. There's, there's... there's cheese. It's France. There's cheese everywhere. And then they're gonna go. They're gonna go digging around in the backyard for some reason. And that's when they're gonna find another dead body of another family member who was maybe like the preferred golden child who actually knew about the business. And and that's why it's all gone to crap is because nobody could commit to running the business well because this other person had all the the brains and the know-how of how to run it. And they've run it into the ground. They have no money. And the second child who was trying to figure out is Etienne, and he is now dead also by Wheel of Cheese. And they killed him because he mismanaged it. So the, the, the other siblings killed Etienne with Wheels of Cheese because he mismanaged the estate. Yeah. It was was this a joint effort between the other two siblings or I'm just going to say it was one sibling. One sibling. But yeah. and we'll we'll leave that vague. If there's cheese at all involved, you get 2 points. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about goats? If if it's let me 
If it's if a goat, goat cheese, shows up. If, if a goat shows up, <laughs> I will give you I will give you a half point for each goat we see. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. There you go. I mean, Aix-en-Provence, by the way, is a, an old Roman city that is called the City of Fountains. And so I would love it if I could get a point for no. every fountain we see. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't, you don't no, 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 no. That, that's logical. That might actually happen. We've already seen one fountain. You're not going to get a point for every fountain. You have point for every fountain. Uh, no, no, no. We're, you get a half point for every goat that we see. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know that I want to stick with the Canadian writer here. I will say this. So I will keep. I will keep the Canadian. I will keep the Canadian writer in there as is. I will also say though that I think that like we. I think everybody in that photo. I. Th- I feel like there's a woman involved in here somehow. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, to your point that, like, the third generation, fourth generation don't know how to run it. I'm wondering if, like, the, like the boys are, like, fighting among themselves about what to do with this. But the, but the sister or the woman has been the one who's actually been running this whole thing. And she just gets annoyed at them fighting with each other. And she's just, I'm just going to take you out because otherwise, like, this has been my life's work. Mm-hmm. tending to this and trying to keep this up and running and you're not going to sell it just because you don't know what the hell you're doing so i think somehow there is a there is a woman a sister or a caretaker involved and that she's the one who did it so it's either oh. it's either a canadian writer or it's like a female caretaker out there that's that's what i think well wh- how do you get a point if you're if, if you either one side one either one you get a point sure why not you get two guesses it's not gonna be the canadian writer let's be clear yeah it isn't honestly because that's not something you pull until like way later in a series <laughs> yes you're exactly like, i hate these characters i'm going to introduce myself and kill one of them <laughs> mary lou creates a mary sue <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so there we go so jessica gets a half point for every goat we see and she wins. She wins the. Whole, she wins the whole thing. If it's like she, yeah, they actually were killed by cheese. I get ten points if it was in fact a Canadian <gasps> author. Yeah, I need to catch up a little bit. I'll get. Uh. I'll give me ten points and <laughs> petition the podcast adjudication board if you don't like it. <laughs> All right, we'll watch the rest of this and we'll we'll come back and tell you what happens. Sounds good. Well, Jessica. I am sad to say, I am sad to say that neither your cheesemakers nor mm. my nor my writer were was the was the criminal in this one. This one, <laughs> this one. We said that this was cozy, but this went to some really weird international dark places that I don't think cozy mysteries go to. Do that. The but description he, does say the dark underbelly of their their idyllic home. Yeah, uh, but the dark underbelly of their idyllic home doesn't necessarily mean human trafficking and like i mean it can mean like bets it can mean affairs which there were plenty of in this but it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean like international human trafficking yeah yeah i just wish i just wish there was i know i know that csi is not the end all be all of things but i really wish people had a firmer grasp on basic science in this like everybody was behaving so stupidly in this mer- so first of all let's explain what happened here first of all the big twist in this isn't that there was a twist it was that there were two separate murders one this brother got murdered atn was murdered to start the whole thing off turns out he was he was a charming man but apparently he was actually an asshole who was aiding and abetting a russian oligarch who was trafficking in women and pimping out women into the country and there was another brother, Lucien, who everybody thought was horrible, but turned out he was really just a gay sweetheart 
who like ATN managed to pin all the blame on everything for. So so ATN was working with the mob. Lucien was trying to expose them and protect the girls from trafficking. So Lucien, in addition to being against the mob, also had a horrible gambling problem. So that's why he got killed. ATN, it turns out, was killed because he, along with his brother, grew up with this half-African, half-French boy named Jean-Claude, who was, was apparently just the son of the groundskeeper. Well, it turns out he was not the son of the groundskeeper. He was the son of the, the head of the estate, who was a racist homophobe, and the wife of the groundskeeper, who had an affair for many years. So when the groundskeeper found out um, his sister, he told his sister, and his sister ended up killing Etienne because Etienne was going to burn the paperwork that proved that he was actually their brother. And everybody was trying to cover it up because they were just like, it would have been his word against ours. It's as if no one has heard of DNA. <laughs> no one has heard yeah, of DNA yeah. where it's just like, okay, well, we can just take a DNA sample and prove this. It doesn't matter what people say. Science is science. Nobody has heard of DNA because the, is it Cosette? It wasn't Cosette. Who was it? Yeah, who, Cosette, it was Cosette is the sister. There mm-hmm. we, there's your Roger Allen Les Mis, <laughs> Les Mis little <laughs> connection there. It was like she she left she left a bottle that she had drunk from and cigarettes that she had smoked at the crime scene. She apparently had never heard of DNA that they could be linked back to her. Nobody like people were lying about their whereabouts when there were CCTV cameras everywhere. Like people just like people in this just didn't understand how the world worked. There are other ways of proving your ancestry other than your yes your and and they're like yes i agree but i think but but cosette when she she cosette by the way again is jean claude's sister jean claude was one of the three kids who grew up on the phone his sister she's now a hairdresser by the way so she runs around with purple hair or at least half of her hair is purple throughout the whole thing anyways please go on cosette yes yeah and she says she looks at marine when marine says that and then says something to the effect of, he was trying to erase us. He was trying yes. to, it, like, as if, they... it, as if DNA doesn't matter. Like, science, like, and this is what I think, and this is what I'm saying, authorial intent, I don't know. But, it, and this is, Maureen says something to this effect later when they're sitting at dinner, that the, that the, she believed, because of her resentments, because of, the way that they were lying about it before, she started to believe in all kinds of conspiracies. She did. She did believe in, like, she mentions that. She's, like, she believes in, like, she's following something on some Facebook group or something. There is, so there is a nod to, like, the craziness that people believe. Yeah, but, like, so there, but there just, are people in this who, like, behave, like, people who, like, outright lie about where they were. It's, like, there are, like, there are speeding cameras everywhere. There are CCTV cameras everywhere. Like, it's it's a complete willful disregard of the world that you're living in, I guess is what I'm well, saying. Well, but that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, that's that is the time that we're living in. Uh, you know, vaccination, COVID, you know, anti-vax type of world where people are ignoring what is right in front of them, which makes other people go like, oh, I guess I should also be, these things should be suspect. Everything is suspect. So I, you know, where does it even end? Because if somebody can say to me, that's not true, you shouldn't believe that, or that's a lie, and I'm supposed to believe that, I don't know where, where does the lying end and where does it where does the lying end, Jacob? Where does the lying end? Yeah, and so I think that the 
the DNA thing where she was like, I, or everybody was like looking for the paperwork was because they were like, you, you would not believe it unless it was in your dead father's hand. They that do, this was the truth. And they do talk about how like the, the aristocracy, cause these are aristos. These are all the rich people here. The, how the richie riches just did think that everybody else was a much lower class than they were, which is hilarious because this is the most well-appointed police officer's room that I have ever seen in my life. There is one scene, like, okay, so A, most of the questioning that Verlach does, Antoine Verlach, I just like saying that, most of the questioning <laughs> that Verlach does is not in some, like, clinical room or some dingy room. Like, you watch, like, Prime Suspect and, like, Dame Helen fucking Mirren really gets into people's faces and like there's all sorts of recorders and they're in a very set up cubicle. It's like, yeah, this white, you know, Ster- totally f- sterile environment that's like as big as your, as yeah, big as cross as your elbows. It's yeah, a, it's a closet with but a he's, tape machine. He takes people into this like, he takes people into this wide open room. They're both sitting on like wood leather paneling, couches. Wood leather panel- couches. We're just having a conversation. Lamps. Lamps. So many Lamps. There was when he was interviewing Jean Claude for the first time, the director had Jean Claude's head between one lamp that was like definitely old style French mm-hmm. and another lamp which was modern. And I was like, I wonder what that's about. Like they're trying to be <sighs> like knows? modern and they it, no, it's because they were tr- the director was trying to I think the director was trying to foreshadow or, you know, clue us into the fact that this man is of, you know, he, he might, he's of two worlds. Yes. And, and, you know, when they, when the shot goes to Verloc's head, you see two, he's, he is abutted by two lamps and they are both like the old world lamps, both mm. of them on either side of his head. So, yeah, you keep going back and forth between two lamps on, you know, on each sides of their heads, but he clearly has the the modern and the old old world lamp. Speaking of design and the old world versus the world that they're in right now, can we talk about his bitchin' car? This Oh, for sure. Ca- oh my god, like high points, high points in this show for the for the car that he drives, which is a Citroen Citroen DS. DS, goddess, god. Oh, really? Yes, yeah. it's a pun. It's a DS, but it's a it's a French pun for DS. So oh, it is that's it hilarious. is it is just a sexy, sexy car, and like it's renowned for its sexiness. Like Roland Barthes, like a structuralist philosopher, one of the biggest names in like literary criticism and philosophy in the 20th century, like wrote odes to this car. You were telling me that like who what 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 was the De Gaulle? De Gaulle was nearly, Charles De Gaulle. Charles De Gaulle yeah. was nearly assassinated. He credits the car for saving him driving away rid of bullets. So this is and this brings up a question for me. It is very sexy, but it is completely different. Like completely differently sexy than like an Italian sexy car. Like Magnum PI's Ferrari is just Italian macho sexy all over it. This Citroën DS is not, it, it is French sexy. Can you like, yeah. can you talk like, what is, what is the, what is, is there, I mean, there clearly is a French sexy because it was right there in this car, but you rarely ever think about like, like French men don't get respect for being sexy right now, I guess is what I'm saying. France does not, other than inventing the kissing, I don't think that France gets credit for being sexy right now. <laughs> do they do, could, like if I, if I were to say to you, man, that's a really sexy Frenchman, would you be like, 
is it Jacob? Or would you be like, yeah, like what is a sexy Frenchman? Oh, I don't know. But it does make me go back to the very first scene when you see Etienne it going into the house, opening up the window, the shuttered house and right. opening up the windows. And then he starts going through the paperwork and looking and, you know, pulling up this picture that mm-hmm. the camera catches this photograph. But he turns around into the light and is like, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. To, you know, whoever whoever's it is. there. We don't know. And in the end, it's Cosette. But in the when he turns around and the light is weirdly all of a sudden interior on the interior, uh, you see that he's wearing a scarf. Yes. And I was like, oh, it's so French. <laughs> he's wearing <laughs> or British interpretation of French. Oh, so how much of this? How much of this do you, this? This is also great because there's so many. I was. It literally like all the little layers of is this French or is this a British interpretation of French? Is this is this in like I started looking at the street signs to be like, okay, that street sign, the street sign is in French. So do we think that they filmed this in France or do we think that maybe this was a sign they just put like a French sticker on in (laughs) Oxfordshire? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Who are they taking the piss on? Like there were there were another two night scenes where they were just like and one of them, they both like were laying in bed next to each other. Didn't say a word to each other as they fell asleep. And in another one, they did give each each other another little peck on the mouth before they went to sleep. So it's like, who who are they like? Who, uh, I don't know. They're pulling somebody's leg here. I will say one final thing about yes. one, everybody was drinking in every possible moment that they possibly could be drinking. And unless they were driving a car, it seemed like they were drinking. It seemed like they were even drinking when they were questioning people on this show. And two, I was really happy that in the first episode, they were always drinking coffee. I don't know why. Always drinking coffee. And they always were drinking little espressos. Little espressos either in porcelain little espressos cup. But they had so many little itty-bitty espresso to-go cups with, like, little itty-bitty papers. With the papers, little with white the little, packs the, on yes. little white tops. The little, the little like lid. Starbucks, with the little, 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 little tiny, yes, teeny little, little There were, like, giant hands and little itty-bitty coffee cups. <laughs> It was so weird to look at. I loved it. I did not expect that at all. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the tiniest of tiny was hilarious. Uh, Yeah. How much is the... Oh, I wanted to say one more thing about your British thing. Well... Like how much is the Brit are the British like winding up the French about this? <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a scene where their boss Francois yes. uh, shows up dressed for the funeral in Scot full Scottish garb, yes. and he's yes, like, "Well, on my kilt. father's side, I am Scottish, and so this is my family kilt. So wear it if you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> but- <laughs> wear it if you got. He says I'm entitled to wear wear oh, wear them oh. if you got them." <laughs> Uh, you're right he said i'm entitled to wear it and then roger alum verlock says both my parents are british i could wear a bowler but that doesn't mean that i should (laughs) (laughs) what he is saucy he is saucy in this he has a couple of like zingers to the girl that he's to the lady that he's with yeah he is marine marine like he says a couple things about her at certain points and like he has the line in the first episode that you love so much. So, oh yes, he is so there. He is very quippy. Oh, just like <laughs> as we've established, my kind of. Anyway, <laughs> he he. Uh, yes, in the first episode, I will I will say uh, she says they're planning they're they're packing for a trip, and she says, oh, if you were a piece of clothing, you would be an a perfectly folded ironed and starched shirt. 
And he says, well, if you were a piece of clothing, you would be a used sports bra that's gone through a mixed load. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's, he's a little tart. <laughs> yes, he is tart. But I was going to say about her not cooking is that I guess it, it suggests that not all French women... can cook they may have wonderful shoes and wonderful beautiful press dresses and And wear their hair up and lovely collect all the best lovers yeah and collect the best lovers which i also loved how they go back to question the wife for the second time right and they're like no really where were you? We know you were. We know you left the As garage science. because because science CCTV caught you. So where did you go? We, we and did you go to this restaurant? And who were you? What were you doing? And she's like, Well, I was going to see my lover in Avignon. And they were just like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like no, <laughs> no, like oh well, we have to question that guy now right. <laughs> or woman or wh- whoever your lover sure, is. Yes, <laughs> they had an yeah. arrangement. Yeah, they just they're just take it for granted. Oh, of course. Yeah. And your husband was dating your sister. Yes, that's true. Okay. Like <laughs> shrug. Just shrug. <laughs> it's these aristocrats. Yeah, these crazy aristocrats. I will say what I will say is that I I missed and in the first so in the in the first episode, Marine Roger Al Allum's lover, girlfriend, is not yet employed by the police. So he talks to her about the case, but she's not with him as he investigates the case. And in this one, she does work the case. And what that meant was that Roger actually got a lot less time with his deputy than I thought. So I don't think she she did not get as much screen time as I would like because she she is... I I thought she was arresting. Like she was just... Like she was... She knew who she was doing. She was doing a good job of it. And I, I thought she was great. I but think she I got a lot more one-on-one with questioning. Yes. We got a lot of scenes with her questioning people. At least a couple, being. yeah. Elena Pollack, deputy commissioner, played by Kiela Settle, is an amazing person. Hmm. And so I would agree with you that we would like to see more of her and more interaction with her and not having to do so much exposition because she is fantastic. And what a resume. Really? What? What's Yes. So she, her Broadway debut was in Okay, so Broadway, yeah, there's one. (laughs) Queen of the Desert. And she was in that in 2011. But her big notable role was Hands on a Hard Body. She was nominated for like five different awards. Mm-hmm. Play, And she also played Madame Thenardier on Broadway in oh. the revival in 2014-2015. Oh, she would have been good as that. Oh, she was amazing. Did and you see her? No, but what everybody says oh, okay. about her is that she was fantastic. And it's funny, she likes to sing just to herself to mm-hmm. like make herself like kind of calm and and she was kind of doing that, and Roger Allen apparently noticed on stage and was like, hey, what are you – oh, you're singing. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I sing. I, I, I was uh, on, you know, Broadway. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, what? And Because and, I guess they didn't know about each other at all. And he was like, oh, I actually originated the role of Javert. And she was like, oh? <laughs> <laughs> So the two of them had a great conversation because he, they you know, both has, intimately knew Les Mis. 
Yeah, and as as well as a number of other musicals. Yeah. And another, so this is a, a crazy, crazy thing about her, or not crazy, but, well, no, it, it was kind of, it sounds like a kind of a nut, crazy thing that happened to her. She was in The Greatest Showman playing oh, okay. Letta, the bearded lady, opposite Hugh, thank you, Jackman. And she was going to be singing her big famous song, This Is Us, or This Is Me, sorry. This is me, which she, the song won a, a Golden Globe and she was going to sing it at the Oscars. And eight days before, she was in rehearsal in Burbank for it and she had, she was run down. She had been in Tokyo, I guess, doing maybe some tour work mm-hmm. or, you know, or not tour work, probably promotion singing. And she had gotten the flu and she was run down also from all the work she was probably doing leading up to the Oscars. Right. And she had a stroke. What? Yeah. She had a stroke and had to, she had, she was fitted for her dress for the Oscars in the stroke ward. But it doesn't seem like she was able to sing at all because it took her like three to four months to learn how to walk again, learn how to talk again. And she was not sure that she would actually be able to sing ever again. But she did. She did. She, it, it, you know, finally worked her way uh, through it. And so she talked about this on the British show this morning. It's called This Morning. Okay. (laughs) Not this actual. Uh, That's what strange timing. Yeah. And, and she, and but the thing, and that's such a crazy story. Like, wow, are you kidding? But the British public were completely distracted by the fact that they were like, I thought she was American. I'm pretty sure she's American. Why does she have a British accent? <laughs> Americans can't do British accents. Americans They're cannot terrible. and shouldn't do British accents. No. <laughs> Hello, governor. Yeah. L- they were look, like... <laughs> don't get me wrong. My accent may be worse than Dick Van Dyke's and Mary Poppins, but others can do it better. <laughs> No, but she is, like we talked about earlier, unless it gets cut, but her father was British and her (laughs) mother was a New Zealander. And so that's probably where she got it. Hugh Jackman apparently called her every single day. She was in the stroke ward. And then when she got better, he called her and said, I hope you are feeling better. Are you feeling better? And she said, I am very much so. And he said, well... I don't know if you have any work, but would you like to go on the tour of The Greatest Showman? And she said, why, yes, I would. And so he Aww. took her out and she got to sing on that tour, um, the song that she was supposed to have sung at the Oscars. So that's a happy ending to that story. And of course, she had was she basically said she screamed around her apartment when she found out that she got this role on Murder in Provence. So super exciting, super exciting life for her. Good job. That's awesome. That's a hell of a story. Yeah. Is there is there anybody else we need to talk about? Well, I do want to mention the producers of this show. Oh, why's that? So the producers are Monumental. That's the name of the production company. Mm-hmm. And that is BAFTA winning producers Allison Owen and Deborah Hayward. Allison Owen has produced Suffragette, The Other Boleyn Girl, Jane Eyre, Temple, Grandin, and Deborah Hayward has produced How to Build a Girl, Les Miserables, Mary Queen of Scots, Bridget Jones' Diary, tons and tons of strong female-driven stories. 
such as Harlots. They've also produced Ar- Harlots. They produced Anne with an E. And she also did Love Actually. Deborah well, Hayward we'll has been. Well, we'll forgive for that. Oh no, I totally am happy about that. She also I know has produced. You are. We, we have a disagreement <laughs> on that movie. Nanny McPhee, Frost Nixon, Tinker Tailor to- Soldier Spy, Cats. Okay, I might hold that against her, but it, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and a number of other things. And when I realized that I was like, oh, look at these these powerhouse ladies. I looked at the all the producers listed mm-hmm. and the creatives for the show. And with the exception of Roger Allen, every single one of them is a woman or has, you know, a female name. And huh. uh, and then I started looking. The cinematographer is a woman. The director is a woman of the first two episodes. At any rate, it's sort of like Russian Doll where they chose. Maybe they chose. They, or, it feels like they consciously chose. They consciously put yeah. this team together that was very women-centric. Yeah, yeah. And so that's really exciting. And then also Monumental, which had started with a 26% stake, I guess, with ITV. ITV went all in recently and mm-hmm. basically bought them out. Oh, wow. Um, and bought all the shares. So they have them or they have the majority stake now. Okay. So that's really exciting for them to yeah. be. Yeah, uh, they got paid out. Good for them. Major, yeah, and so murder, so murder in Provence, sure to have. Like we hope, you know, a great future. And I think it deserves. I mean, like the yeah. second episode was a little, a little too twisty, and I think it had had some bumps, more bumps in it than the pilot for me, but it was still good. I, I still loved it. Yeah, I agree. And it was it was beautiful. It really is fun it to really watch, and that's beautiful. what I was hoping. It, yes, for. it really was fun to watch, <laughs> and it was beautiful. Like. The drone shots of Provence and driving all over, and it's just, it was gorgeous. Going to vineyards and... Yes, yes, uh, I'm sorry. Do yeah. they have vineyards? Like, I I kind yes. of wonder, do they have vineyards in England? Yes, yeah. Oh, uh. England? <laughs> no, those vineyards were actually, I mean, if I'm reading the director's tweets correctly, I think that <laughs> was actually in... Okay. Provence. Thank God for that. Okay. (laughs) All right. So we're packing our bags. We'll uh, we'll be back soon with another episode, and hopefully, it will be just as beautiful as this one. And hopefully, our guesses will be a little bit better. Nice to know we're still uh, still trucking along and making the crazy guesses, and not nearly getting right enough. So, oh well, (laughs) close but no cigar. No, close, we weren't even no close. We weren't even <laughs> close on this one. You said you said goat cheese with a wax rind was used to kill this person. In what <laughs> world? In what world is like a Russian oligarch and a half brother, like not a half brother, the sister to the half brother, pushing him off of a window ledge? <laughs> no, no, we do not get. Yes, there's no moral victories, no. and also, even if there were, we did not get any this week. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, your insider info, your favorite logic cop catches, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Follow us and join the fun on Twitter at ClueDunnit. Or on Instagram and Facebook at ClueDunnit Podcast. Rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts to help get the word out. Because watching TV is always Always better better with with friends. friends.
she did not know French and obviously they did not for some for whatever reason because she didn't have the skill set or whatever like her husband whatever uh, she's Canadian she might have known French she could have you're right but apparently she was very bad at it <laughs> she, she had difficulty learning it that's what well it according said to the, according to the French article. all of the Quebecois is bad so that's, anyways <laughs> that is true too that's true too <laughs> 